everybody, you are listening to the Rogue Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners, and we've been practicing together for just over a year. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you, and we live in Thailand. Today we are going to discuss some questions from one of our dear listeners, because as you know, dear listeners, you can always send us your questions, uh, especially through FetLife, and we will try to uh, address them in one of our episodes. So today, Maya, we have quite a long message from lovely lady Diana of Sonora, California. Uh, Maya, would you read her message for us, please? Sure. She says, I'm still learning how to have an effective dynamic rope scene. Everything just seems so laboratory-like versus other types of play. I'd like to know what makes a good rope scene for a bottom. It takes me a while to practice a rope harness, for example. So is that the scene, me learning how to put on a rope harness onto someone's body? And once I get the harness on the body, do I leave it on and go into my normal BDSM play? Or do I make a scene out of that rope experience itself? Since I don't do rope that often, it seems like it takes me a while to follow the pattern on a harness. And I want to get to suspension at some point. So I tend to do a lot of doing and redoing. Is the rope bottom typically board stiff or is that part of what you enjoy? That's her message. Okay, well, there's uh, there's a lot in there, and it's going to take us a little while to go through it, but I think it's quite interesting. And, mm, definitely. Uh, thank you, lovely lady Diana, for writing us. So, if we were to uh, cut it out and address it uh, piecemeal, I guess the first point she mentions is how to make rope more seamy. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess she's thinking about um, how how she actually makes rope into a scene. And that's obviously something that we do a lot, as, as our rope is mostly seeming, it even when we're practicing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how, so as a, a rigger, as a rope top, how, how do you do that? So what's, what's your approach to that? Well, that's, that's an interesting problem, because as a beginner, usually your first introduction to rope is going to be either tutorials on the internet or uh, workshops. And in those contexts, what you are seeing is not so much a scene, is it? It's very focused mm. on how to tie and what, what the placement is and what the knots and hitches look like. Mm -hmm. So it, I can really see how it would be difficult for someone who's only had that experience to project that into a scene. Mm, mm. So my first piece of advice would be, out of the gates, make it less about the rope and more about the persons. Less about the rope as in what you actually tie doesn't matter as much as you might think, especially if you're not tying a suspension but just messing around with floor work, which is very much what you should be doing if you're not very experienced with rope, isn't it, Maya? It definitely is, yeah. yeah. And it is one 
or more human beings uh, tying up one or more <laughs> other human beings. And the scene aspect of it is all about what is the relationship between these persons? What is their dynamic? Why is the tying happening? Is it being explained by conversation, by dialogue, maybe by a role play? Could totally be uh, rope as part of a role play, such as, I don't know, uh, a police Restraint. person. Yeah. Restraining. I mean, it's all about bondage and restraint, so anything where you yeah. uh, need to restrain someone. Capturing interrogation, a fugitive, interrogation, yeah. like pirates, a lot. cowboys. <laughs> uh, 17th century samurai epic. <laughs> that's, that's a good place to use a TK for. I don't think, I don't think I want to do that, so. Okay. Uh, so clearly that is going to require some amount of uh, fluency, Maya. Yeah, definitely, because the, the person needs to be able to um, connect to you as a bottom. They want to connect to you through the rope. But I think one of the points we're making here is that you really don't need that much complexity in your rope um, to have a, a very strong rope scene. Yeah. Um, and going slow with the rope shouldn't be a problem for the bottom if you're very deliberate. So. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between going slowly, carefully, deliberately, making eye contact, focusing, versus kind of only focusing on the rope and fumbling. Yeah. Um, you can very much go slow and still have a very connected scene. Yeah, it's, it's true that uh, usually the dynamic implies that the rope top, the rigger, seems to be to some extent in control of what it's doing. If you're... Uh, if you're like getting caught in your own toes and tripping over your own rope, <laughs> probably not going to amount to an amazing scene. Uh, that being said, the comment about not needing to be very complex, I think is very relevant. And I'm going to paraphrase something I heard someone say once, which is if you can't, well, it's, it was coming in the context of uh, a female bottom, but obviously you can find parallels with other situations and that was if you can't make a girl wet by putting her in a chest harness there is no amount of rope knowledge that will get you there okay so that's all about focusing on a more simple tie yeah and doing that slowly and doing it in a sensual way so that's for more sensual well rope. sensual if that's what you're going for could be yeah, also exactly. rough if that's the tone of your scene and the thing that your bottom likes or what you've uh, negotiated with them. But whatever is the emotion, because I really think okay. rope is about emotion, whatever the emotion you want to transmit is, that emotion is more important than tying pretty knots. Yeah, so that's actually the, the crux, I think, of how to make rope more sceny. Mm -hmm. So making that tie meaningful. So you were talking about the dynamic between the two people, the yes. connection between the two people. That's the thing to focus on. So understanding before you go into the scene what you want that dynamic to be, then you can contextualize everything around that. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to give an example. Uh, I, I can give you six. Uh, <laughs> there, you can assign a lot of different meanings to the act of tying someone up with rope. Mm -hmm. You can frame it as punishment. Oh, you've been bad. I'm going to put you in the rope now and do terrible things to you. That's mm -hmm. one. Uh, on the opposite, you can frame it as a reward. 
because well i happen to know quite a few people who really <laughs> like to be put in rope so okay. you, well for me it's more on the reward end <laughs> it really is so you can actually dangle that uh, as a reward for doing something and like yeah uh finish your work and i'll give you a nice rope <laughs> scene that doesn't sound familiar at all <laughs> uh also a tie can be a way to establish control and say i'm the one in charge here mm. Uh, a rope can also be something very tender, like an embrace, mm -hmm. like like uh, rope hugs or rope cuddles, that's a thing. <laughs> uh, it can also be a challenge, like I'm going to try to guide you to achieve this difficult position or endure this difficult suspension, and we're going to rise to that challenge together, so more of a teamwork kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, and I'm not saying this list is exhaustive, it's just what came up at the top of my head, you can see the rope as a safety cocoon that's being weaved around the bottom and putting her in a really nice, warm, safe place. Yeah, yeah. So in those examples, the, the rope itself is a tool, just like any other, um, I guess, toy that we use, a dildo, mm -hmm. a a wand, a flogger, like they're all tools that we use to achieve a particular sensation and a particular emotion. Yes. Um, and so we just have to see rope as another one of those tools and putting it into context, I think. And any of those tools, if they are used properly, they communicate the emotion you're trying to communicate. And if they're used improperly, they could communicate something completely different. Uh, mm. Think of an impact uh, top that's not um, really in control of his impact and is hitting either way too hard or way too softly the thing is trying to communicate it's not going to be received by the bottom in the way he means yeah yeah but what we're saying also is that a very simple tie is the place to start and making that contextually emotional rather than going for something yeah. too complicated in the same way that a very simple spank can really get a message across without it needing to be very complex or require extreme uh, refinement in the way you hit someone. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Maybe we can talk about how we make practice into a scene because that, that one seems to connect quite strongly to this. So she's saying she's quite new. Mm -hmm. We're saying she can do simple things. But we also, I think you and I, feel that practice can be a scene, right? Uh, in fact, I would go so far as to say that practice probably should be a scene. Uh, if you go by the motto of practice how you want to play, like something you can hear in the context of sports, what is practice? It's rote repetition of a certain uh, set of gestures and behaviors and habits, and you're essentially integrating those and training yourself to repeat them. So what is going to happen is, if you practice in a very mechanical way, like 
very robotic, uh, very devoid of touch and feeling, what you're going to do is make your actual play scenes more mechanical and more devoid of feeling. So I would advocate the complete opposite and make every practice session with a human being have some element of that feeling and emotion and touch. So that's what you get used to doing with your rope. Mm, mm. And so there is some practice, um, I think, around rope handling that's useful mm -hmm. to do on your own, is there? Yeah. What would yeah. you say? What, what, what aspects do you think are useful to practice without a human? I think most of the purely technical aspects you can actually practice uh, on a chair, on a piece of gym equipment, on a mannequin you can probably get at some uh, clearance sale or whatever, uh, or on yourself, like many of the harnesses and so on, you can actually um, tie onto yourself, especially the hip harness is one that's really easy to practice on yourself, the futomomo also. So I feel that the precious time you have with a partner to practice actual tying on someone else should be used wisely and have this element of human contact because the basic learning to tie a knot, you don't really need a person to do that. Okay, so what are then the aspects that you would practice within the scene and how, how might you incorporate them into the scene? I would uh, focus on my relation to my model in the way I touch her, in the way I control her body with my rope and also with my own body, how I position myself in relation to her and so on. That's the kind of things that I feel is really added value to having a human to practice on. Hmm. And so how then are you um, integrating the practice uh, and making it a scene? Mm. I think it has a lot to do with the energy you project and the back and forth between you and your model. Uh, you can also frame the practice as a scene in itself. For instance, uh, if you are in a DS with someone, you can frame your rope practice as a service the sub is doing for his or her dumb. Like you are allowing me to use your body to practice on as a service. So that can attach meaning to it. Definitely. Uh, you can also use your imagination and find all kinds of framings and justifications for rope practice. For instance, if you're into um, cuck holding stuff or cuck queening stuff, you could say, oh, I'm, I'm just practicing this tie on you so I can be really good when I do it on XYZ other person that I want to give you a, a cuck kind of feeling about. Mm. Mm. So what I'm saying is it's really up to you to find a nice way to integrate that in whatever dynamic and whatever story you're telling with that other person. And uh, I would add from a bottoms perspective, if you do practice you, like you play, so you make it an experience that is nice uh, for the bottom, mm -hmm. then then that's that's very enjoyable. So we we practice sometimes, um, and for me, rope is always pleasurable, and so I can relax into the rope even if there's not a particular um, 
uh, goal or something we're trying to achieve within as a scene, the rope itself is, is enjoyable and fun for me. So it mm -hmm. also depends a bit on your bottom. If your bottom is a real rope fan, then they'll probably be pretty happy for you to practice on them uh, without necessarily having another goal for the rope. All right. Um, so if we go back a bit more to lovely lady Diana's questions, would you say that rope is an accessory to play? As she said, you tie someone up and then you do something else to them. Or would you say that rope is play in itself? Well, for, for us, rope is play in itself, um, but it can be both, I would say. Um, so for me, I can do rope, just rope, without mm -hmm. any other activity needed, without sex, without mm -hmm. impact, just rope. But I also very much enjoy rope as part of a bigger scene. Um, so yeah, so from my perspective, it would be both. But there are for sure people who see rope as just a way to do bondage. Yeah. Um, and for them, it's more about using it to restrain someone. Although in that case, I don't know, maybe you would be better with cuffs. <laughs> do you think? Uh, actually, I don't. Uh, that's okay. that's a question I've asked myself because before I did rope, I I did bondage for quite a few <laughs> years, and I did bondage with uh, leather cuffs and I did bondage with uh, zip ties. Zip ties okay. used to be my thing. And actually, I find now that I have some level of proficiency with rope, that rope is a better tool for just the job of restraining someone, like restraining their wrists and ankles to things, because it's so much more flexible that you can just adapt it to A, have a really nice, really solid restriction, uh, and B, make it more comfortable, because it adapts so well to your bottom's body, because you, you make, essentially you're building a cuff with the rope, but you're making it whatever size and shape you want it to be, and then you can make it uh, very sustainable for long durations of bondage. Whereas some other forms of bondage toys uh, might fit your bottom's body not as well or not be as easy to endure for long amounts of times. Yeah, zip ties. That, if you're doing something where you're doing a lot of struggle, zip ties must be quite painful. Which, which can in and of itself be a value. But with rope, I have a choice. Yeah, yeah, with rope, yeah, I have exactly. a choice. I can tie it in a way that it's going to be painful if you struggle, or I can tie it in a way that's going to be comfortable, depending on what my intent is. Mm. And so people have different approaches then to how they use rope. Oh, certainly. Uh, it can be completely non-sexual, as you said. In fact, uh, no later than this morning, uh, <laughs> I did some rope with someone and we had absolutely no uh, sexual element to it but it was an amazing time and um, I'm quite buzzed and happy after doing that. Uh, you can also approach rope as more of an uh, acrobatic activity like people who are usually interested in things like uh, dancing, pole dancing, aerial yoga, aerial silks will tend to be attracted to a uh, rope suspensions and such as a more of an acrobatic type activity if that makes sense yeah and many of the uh, photos that you see are people who have a lot of acrobatic or yoga or or those experiences for sure yeah uh, you have to respect the uh, ability and the kind of uh, training that's required to achieve those things 
for sure without taking that as what rogue is yeah i'm feeling everybody. the need to replicate it without exactly. really understanding what's behind it yeah. uh then you have people who eroticize rope in and of itself and that's probably where i would put you maya I, I, I do find it quite sexy. Yeah, and you enjoy stories about rope, you enjoy rope-based fantasies and so on. So rope I do. does hold erotic value for you. Yes, yes it does. And then you have people who approach it as just a very darn efficient tool for bedroom bondage and are interested in getting that bondage part out of the way and then the fun begins for them. Yeah, and that might be to do impact with them or to mm -hmm. sex them or any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Or if we were to draw from one of our uh, recent uh, experiments, maybe give them an enema while they're in the rope. Yeah, I hear you can do that. So it, there are different ways of. Um, so so you could imagine rope as a way to restrict a bottom before you impact them. Yeah. Or you could have a rope scene where impact or spanking or something like that enhances the rope scene. Yes. So it's very much about what you want to focus on within the scene rather than any tool particularly taking precedence. Yeah, it can be it can be 10% of the scene is rope at the beginning to prepare your bottom for the impact or it can be your scene is 90% rope and then you got 10% impact thrown in. It's mm. it's really a palette of thing you can combine however you want. To paint mm. a beautiful picture on the magnificent <laughs> canvas that is your bottom's body. <laughs> okay. Um, so, shall we talk about bottoms a bit? Uh, yeah. So, uh, lovely lady Diana said in a, a funny way, should the bottom be stiff as a board? So, what would you say are uh, expected reactions in the bottom when they're being tied? Um, so, I would say that bottoms are very different so everyone reacts differently mm -hmm. and I also think experience holds apart so if you've never done rope you're probably going to be a bit more tense because you don't yeah. really know what to expect um, although I'm thinking back to the first time we did rope and I don't yeah. think I was very tense you were not tense because you're the, <laughs> so... the meltiest bunny ever as soon, okay, so... as soon as rope gets within six feet of you you start to melt so so uh, that would be another, I guess, reaction of the bottom. So for me, rope is very peaceful and calm and also sensual and just very nice. And mm -hmm. so for me, rope helps me to relax. And so there's no stiffness, I think, uh, for me. It's much more relaxing and helps me, as you say, melt into my top, into my rigor, rather than, yeah, bored, bored stiff. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, well, if I'm to draw from my personal experiences, um, I certainly have had some models that were more tense and some other ones that were more melty. Uh, there is also a big difference in the way people would just passively let you tie them versus actively participate either in um, moving the body to try and help with the tying or even yeah. in some extreme cases, like actually take part in the actual tying, because if you're tying someone who's a, a rope switch, so to speak, who also knows how to oh, tie, yeah. sometimes they will be tying one bit of themselves while you're tying another, which can be amazing. How interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you also had that very interesting experience, didn't you, with someone? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I know what you're referring to, uh, tying <laughs> someone who's essentially trying to move away and run away from me as I'm tying them. Mm. Uh, not in a very forceful fashion, but certainly uh, sliding away from me. Mm. 
and that actually was super interested, interesting and challenged my rigging abilities to be able Hot to work. not only put her in the rope but also control her when she's trying to get away. Mm. And that and actually, really showed um, me like a facet of rope I hadn't so much seen before. Yeah, the takedown aspect is not as common, I think, but uh, for sure, um, that's a whole another facet of rope trying to use it to take take people down uh, when they're running away. So, so I think that what we're saying is that the reaction of the bottom and what you might expect from them is going to be quite variable, depending on how much they like rope and depending on their experience of rope. Yeah, and it can be interesting to have a conversation with them as uh, in the way of you were pretty tense. Uh, are you wanting to relax in the rope and not managing to yet and maybe I can help you find that place or maybe actually they're tense because that's what they like to be in rope and they like mm -hmm. the thrill and there's a bit of fear play and maybe that's very much something they want so in which case you don't want to fight that tension because that's actually what they want to find yeah yeah great point um, and I think we should connect this also to that whole piece around the dynamic between you because for me uh, melty and spacey is definitely my default, but also you can produce different sensations and different reactions for me depending on what flavor you want in the scene. Yeah, so Maya, I think we've uh, answered part of uh, lovely Lady Diana's questions. Uh, she also asked us, you know, questions, what makes a good rope scene for a bottom? And I think that's actually quite interesting and probably worthy of an episode of its own. So that's probably something we're going to cover in the future. Sounds good. Okay, so that's all from us at the Root Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, so iTunes or Stitcher and so on, and come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. You can also find us easily at ropepodcast.com. We love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on FET and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode like we just did for lovely lady Diana. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>